they had. We said, the, um, what we want you to know is that as we went through our evolutionary cycle, we came to understand that the brain of any organism should continue to evolve and expand and create new neuroplastic connections and continually grow, continually expand larger, continually evolve. And that humans have this whole idea that you kind of go up this, you know, this mountain and then you come back down on the other side you start to lose cognitive ability and cognitive function and they said that's not accurate at all you should all be living to be 200 but you are trapped in this belief system that your cognitive decline happens you know in your 60s and 70s exactly. and truly you should be expanding the brain continually and that's partly belief and it's partly diet and it's partly the way we digest energy and the way that we live um, there's a lot of things that go into creating the way that we've all been sort of damped down. Absolutely. That's you got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hi, Karen here. <laughs> Those people know who are on my page. Uh, I've got the fabulous Jaylene Tracy with me today. Hello. Hello. <laughs> who's a vibratory geneticist and amazing, amazing person. And uh, we were chatting for your your new venture, which is called Friends in the Field, uh, yes. a, a month or so ago. And when we finished our conversation, you said, yeah, it's been really interesting. I've had some clients talking about the future. And I said, ooh let's talk about that. And we'd finished our conversation on your show. And I said, let's get, let's, let's like book in and talk about that. Because I think that with everything that's happening in our world at the moment, I think seeing a brighter future and having something to lock onto instead of seeing what is, you know, creation as, as creators, as genius creators that we all are, um, where we get tripped up is that we look out into our life and we focus on what is, and then talk about it and repeat it and gossip about it and then have groups about it and say, isn't it terrible? Look what's happening. <laughs> we don't realise yes. how powerful our focus is. So when mm. we focus on what is, we create more of it instead of focusing on what we want to create. That, that's where mm, most absolutely. people get tripped up with creating a life they want. They focus on the problems uh, instead of what is the problem giving birth to. So there's a lot of problems in our world. There's like chaos in the political system, which I find hilarious. I'm just loving what's happening in your political system. <laughs> I just think <laughs> it's such a great show. Anyway, and, um, yeah, chaos in the health systems and chaos in the money system. So there's chaos everything, everywhere. But what do we want to create? So, Jaylene, shall I tell people a little bit about you? I think people know about you. Shall I read out your mm, bio? Yeah, just super brief. Not the whole thing. It's really, you know, we've heard it all before. <laughs> well, you're a vibratory geneticist, as I said, who works with sound and light code frequencies. And, and you, like me, go into people's subconscious thought forms, their past lives, and look at what uh, is impacting them, what they're believing to be true and why they're believing it. And you work with Ascended Masters called the Acturians, the Divinians, the Mantis Collective. There's a few other ones, isn't there, that you're working with. Anyway, I call them the mob. Mm -hmm. who yeah, else are you perfect. working with 
well, it really depends on who I'm working with in that moment because they're guides will come forth and a lot of times I don't even know where they're from but they're there for them and they represent the energy that they're vibrationally matching to a lot of times the angelic realm will come up if that person is doing work on the other side in that capacity and is here to have an experience as a human um, so it really can be from all over the place it just depends on the energy that that person brings to the table when we work together Right, exactly, exactly. That's exactly how I work as well. It just depends on who turns up uh, and what they want to say. But tell us about what was happening to you. You said it was like about a month ago. You had some clients that were, tell us what was happening. Okay, so um, over this past year, Mari, my main Mantis uh, collective guide, uh, had been teaching me how to do a technique that she called sonic release integration. And it's a really neat technique where you go in and instead of just clearing the energy and the density from one lifetime, you know, the emotional trauma I call density, um, instead of clearing from one lifetime that it's affecting you in this current lifetime, what she taught me to do is like to go in and open the field up and allow multiple lifetimes to come in simultaneously and be cleared in mass. And she facilitated that through a series of tones that she would do after she helped um, create a vortex of energy at the center that would gravitationally pull the density from each of these beings that would come in. And some people would have 10, some people would have 30, some people, you know, uh, one client had 150 of their um, other lifetimes come in to be cleared because it all centered around a different theme. And there'll be, um, you know, the groups of them will be in smaller groups. So one large group and then smaller groups divided that relate to a certain aspect of the theme. And she delineates all of that, explains it all to the person I'm working with. Um, but then something very interesting was beginning to happen. Um, as we were doing these clearings, I would see, you know, a couple souls off to the side and they'd always be off to the right. So the way I'd see them is that um, all of the lives that from our perspective come in from the past would come in from the left and they just file in and form a circle um, with the person I was working with in that circle. But then I started to notice that over to the right, I'd see a couple, two or three beings and um, they weren't participating at the same level. They weren't vibrationally um, carrying the same kind of energy. They had a higher vibration. They were there more in a service role, but they were definitely part of the client's energy field. So I inquired about what their purpose was there. And what they told me was that they represented aspects of the person I was working with from the future. And that was really exciting because what they brought were gifts to the person in this moment right here that pertain to evolution of soul, evolution of spirit that they obtain from having more lifetimes on this planet or even the next lifetime that is to come up, which could, you know, after this lifetime, there might be a few people that take a little collective pause. <laughs> because this has been a bit of a doozy. I think we all came um, very excited about experiencing this, but when you're a human, you've got ideas on the other side. And when you're embodied as a human and the actual experience of going through what we're going through right now, this very exciting but slightly tumultuous uh, transition um, can give you, you know, that idea. I think I'll take a pause, a breather after this one and, and wait. I've actually definitely experienced that with a couple of people like, oh, right, you're not coming back for another 150 years. And then you're going to come back. And here's how you're going to come back. 
so it's been really exciting because that future energy is a really amazing vibratory field and it feels really good to me the healer i get to experience that energy it feels very high vibrational it's feeling very much like um a future that is a combination of um, some technological advances but not in the way that we think of them now not in the sort of artificial intelligence type of way but more in actually um, the collaboration with nature and nature elevated to a place where we learn how to use energy and we learn to work with the energies and the electromagnetic fields of the earth and we start to um, come into conscious communication and evolution with all the beings that are on the planet so i think that it's a very exciting place that i've seen that's coming forward and some of those skills come to be imparted to the people that i've been working with and i just love that because it's such a better um, place to put our, as you were saying, instead of just manifesting more of what we're not wanting to see, it's a better place to know that you yourself are going to come back and you're going to inhabit this type of energy field and you're going to have these types of experiences. It's so much fun that we've got headed for us and, and we can start to embody that here and now as long as we start shifting our awareness into the knowing that that's where we're headed and that that's what we're all capable of. You're the same person here in the year 3000. You've just come to new realizations and holding energy in a different way because you believe that that's possible. You know that that's possible down Absolutely. to your DNA. Yeah. Look, absolutely. I, one thing I want to say is because we're human, we think in linear, we think linearly. Yes. And um, I, I hear people say this all the time. Uh, you know, when we leave this life, we're going to have a rest and, you know, decide when we're going to come back. It's going to be in a couple of hundred years before we come back because it's been so tough during this time. But that's not how it works. You know, when we leave this matrix, we're already, an aspect of us is already we're living out all our lives simultaneously so there's yeah. no waiting for this is something that used to really confuse me when i was young like how long do people take before they reincarnate again like how long are they up there in heaven you know tapping their shoes <laughs> looking at the clock going how, how long will i wait a hundred years a couple of hundred years a few thousand years or will i come back you know in a couple of years but that's not how it works you know because we're living out just the fact that your clients can access their future lives in the here and now means that those future lives are happening now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But they probably, but there's definitely something to be said about when you're on the other side, taking a pause. Yes. Everything's happening in the same moment. I agree with that, but there's also that not rushing back thing, right? Mm. <laughs> It's so hard. <laughs> no. It definitely feels that way to me. When I've tapped into souls that are coming and going, there's, I totally understand what you're saying about it. it's all happening in the now moment. Yeah. But there is time spent on the other side, the way we think of time. To them, it's probably all happening in the now moment. But there is, you know, school, you're going to school, you go to spirit school, whatever you want to call it. You will spend time learning and healing and transitioning and evolving depends when you side. go when you cross over i think that we think that there is a here earth and then there is you know the, the afterlife mm -hmm. and it's one place mm -hmm. and it's one dimension but there are many mm -hmm. dimensions of the afterlife and some of them do are still inside uh, a form of linear time and some are not 
So it just depends on where we go in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I've spoken to, we were talking about this in my little group the other day, a friend of mine who died in her 30s. Uh, she was in a, in a world where when I was with her in that afterlife, I could touch her. She was physical. Like we were in another physical world, another physical astral world. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to her, why can I touch you? Like I knew that I wasn't in my physical body, so I expected that if I'm in spirit, that my energy is such that it's not physical, so I can't have that physical touch. But mm-hmm. that's that wasn't the case. That's not what I was experiencing. So inside that realm that I was in with her after she crossed over, there was a, a sort of physicality, uh, more mm-hmm. subtle than the one we have here, but also we're inside time there. We're inside yeah. a, a time-space matrix so maybe if you go to those places you're inside a time space matrix but there is an aspect of us that is living out our future lives already and um and there's an aspect of us that's living out our past lives in the same moment so we can communicate with our past be it our past in this life even uh like Mm -hmm. the child self um or the past life self and we can communicate with our future selves because I remember as a child, Jaylene, just feeling like I was in a prehistoric time. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> this is so prehistoric. <laughs> like I knew I wasn't of this time. There is an aspect of me in a future time that I don't really have much conscious awareness of, to tell you the truth, but I knew and I've always known that I'm living in a future time mm-hmm. and that I'm to bring that way of thinking into the now which means that when you bring that way of thinking into the now time if you went back a couple of hundred years and tried to think like you think now and and tell those people like this is how we think they would think you're crazy you're mad you're not a part of the norm you're not a part of the status quo and they'd probably lock you up as being crazy which I think is what we do now right there are so many people here connected to their future uh, mind or lives and they're bringing those ideas and ways of thinking and the status quo of the normal mainstream just go, are oh, you crazy? You're mad. Mm-hmm. Like they can, like the children, they can communicate telepathically or, right. you know, or they're and, labeled as schizophrenics because yes. they're able to move into different dimensional spaces. That for me yeah. is, is definitely a lot of schizophrenics are just having these interdimensional experiences on a regular basis and they're getting information they're hearing voices because they're literally moving through those other dimensions yeah yeah and obviously i think that when depending on how far into the future so when you were with your clients how far into the future were they going like a hundred years a couple of years a decade or two or no it far into the future one was in um let's see, 3000 and um, about roughly about 3033 something. Uh, I saw a lot of threes. Um, Another one though was a couple hundred years into the future from now. And um, several have, they've all actually been a bit of a jump, you know? So perhaps something happens here um, for a while that cools things down and um, the human population drops down. All of those things have, are things that I've thought of because I, I have been taking these jumps and I see that, well, what's happening in between? 
Um, so yeah. things are changing as we know on the planet right now. We're on the cusp of some really exciting changes. You mentioned the political arena that's happening here in the United States. Um, but as we head into the end of the month, we've got two more eclipses coming, right? We've got one on November 30th, which is a wow. lunar eclipse. And then we've got one, a solar eclipse on December 14th. And those are something that have been highlighted quite a bit by my guides as really important to the way that the events unfold in this country and in other parts of the world. Um, that on the 30th, we're going to have this opening. It's almost like the, the tension and the energy is building, building, building. On the 30th, it seems to sort of erupt a bit by mid to like the 14th to the 17th of December, it feels like the dust starts to settle, but it's that second, um, it's that, that second solar eclipse, um, which is the final solar eclipse of the year. Remember in January, we had a big one and this feels like the bookend of that. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because I think that it's going to be the people that really focus on, um, what it is they want to create versus what they're not liking seeing right now. Right. They're going to be the ones that are the most successful once December 21st rolls around and all the energy speeds up and starts moving forward. So um, the 14th will be sort of the start of it. By then you want to have been spending time. So this is a good time to now start thinking about what do I want to bring in in 2021? How do I want to live my life? What do I want my life to look like? What are all the amazing things? And really dream big. Don't think about the small things. Really think about the big, I want to envision a world where, you know, people are a lot nicer to each other. I want to envision a world where people are really showing outwardly that they care and that they love each other and that they understand each other. And this divisiveness ends. We figure out an amazing solution to end the divisiveness. Like maybe it's a council of politicians in the United States, right? You, so think creatively. And then in your own life, think about what kind of relationships you want to have and you can get down into the details but really spend time thinking like yes that's how it's going to be that is happening to me now that is what's going on now because right now we're in this transitional flux moment and this is the beginning of all these big changes that are happening on the earth well they've been going on for a long time right you could probably argue that they started in the 80s right <laughs> but um <clears throat> right now we're coming to that crescendo where it's like okay it's cracking open and it's obviously we're on this one-way ticket forward but the energy is really supporting now bringing in what we want after december 21st so i really like that feeding into the energy feels really good right now because even though it feels chaotic right now if you're able to raise your vibration and kind of rise up above that chaotic field which is kind of lower vibrational stuff kind of floating down here rise up above it and then have some fun with what you want to create it's a great distraction from this country especially tuning into the media right now and the politics which is just nutty much better to really just focus on what you can control, what you want to create, what you really want to see for yourself. And it just puts you into the right vibrational frequency so that as the energy starts to shift and settle in December, that you're just primed for bringing in all of that good stuff. And I'm really excited about the way that the energy is changing. And I think that we're all going to have a lot of fun with it when we've been thinking in that way. You know, if you're, Absolutely. if you're connecting into the lower vibrational energy, then you'll probably see more of that yeah. next year too. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, this uh, around December 21st, I'm going uh, to a little community just outside of Sydney that uh, has been created um, as part of a future world. I mean, the guy that's creating this community, you know, I, I went to an open day there a couple of weekends ago and, and heard him his little mm -hmm. spiel on why he created it, how it happened. And, and what I loved about it, he said, you know, I'm creating this for long after I'm gone. It's not really just about what's in it for me it's like what's in it for people after I leave you know and he's not yeah. he's not old I'm you know middle-aged but he's not old he's not about to cark it so he's thinking very futuristic you know I'm, I'm creating it for the people that come after me which I really loved you know that um, he's living a legacy and just being in community surrounded by people that uh, think the same way during that time I think will be really powerful because I think um, yeah I think that that's something I want to create in the future. Well, that uh, sounds perfect. That's a yeah. perfect activity to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Just, uh, I, you know, when I think of a future, what's the future? Like, let's hear, what's the future you want to see? Like, what do you want to see? How do you want to live? Um, well, how do you want to live now? But, you know, envisage a future. Give me your vision. Yeah, so my vision um, includes a lot of reconnection to nature for everybody, for everybody to honor and love and spend time with nature because it is such a fundamental part of our beingness here. And there's so many people that have no relationship with the earth with all of the beings of the earth. I mean, look, we, we have this whole pharmaceutical industry that is hell-bent on killing every microbe, right? And what an idiotic venture because that is the only thing keeping you alive, right? So we've got to stop with this whole otherness. I mean, that is the epitome of otherness, right? We've got to realize that everything is connected. So I see this world where eventually we understand that everything is connected. There is no such thing as a difference between humans. Uh, obviously, skin color is such a ridiculous thing to consider as being a difference maker in somebody. It's all about that vibrational tone and frequency. I really am, want to see people come into a greater understanding of just how important energy is, the field of energy that they generate and create based on their emotions, um, start to take more responsibility for the energy they're generating and putting out into the world. Um, and that responsibility goes all the way up from the way they generate energy within and their own self, all the way up to their relationships and all the way up to the companies that they work for. I'd like to see corporations working in a different way with each other, working in conjunction with nature, working in conjunction with the people working there, um, not in this competitive territorial ownership, me, me, mine, me, me, mine. The United States is very much me, me, mine, me, me, mine. Um, you know, this is my property. In fact, even the notion of owning property to me is ridiculous. You can't own the earth. The earth is belongs to the earth. You don't own the earth. I think um, indigenous populations all over the globe knew that. You can't own something that isn't yours to begin with. Um, so that would then change and shift the way that we buy property, right? Um, buy and sell property and and... I don't know exactly what the solution is to fix that, but I see that that is a part of the solution that has to come about is different ways of thinking about where we all get to live and honoring the land and not being in this whole dominance cycle and competitive cycle that humans have been in for so long. So that's really what I want to see and envision. That's what I hold the 
intention for and bringing about um, as we embark in this new epoch of humanity in this new epoch of the earth yeah absolutely so i'm a bit distracted with the facebook live uh, we've only got two people i don't know why i've only got two people listening no one asking questions but um yeah what about extraterrestrial communication like you're talking with the uh <laughs> like what about them being you know a part of our reality you're talking with the mantids can you imagine like seven foot pro mantis walking around the street. I know it. I know it. I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. He was asking me, you know, how that felt to when I first started connecting to them. I mean, you're right. It, it would be really intense, I think, at first, but then like anything, you would get used to it and you would come to understand. It's right now, I think a lot of the um, extra dimensional beings don't manifest into form because human beings have been taught to be afraid of anything that doesn't look, feel, or smell like them. We've been taught to be so scared of everything other. And that otherness is really our downfall right now, right? It's it's becoming something that's really taking us into a very low vibrational place. Absolutely. So I think once we evolve into being more accepting of people and beings looking a lot different from us and not assuming automatically that because something doesn't look like you that's there to hurt you or it's going to be detrimental to you um that will be a big shift for humanity once we get to that place we can start accepting things that are outside of our sphere of knowing and start to come into a, a, a more gentle way of being with each other so at that point then um, assuming that this would be uh, later on because i've had this long relationship with them now and so i know and trust them as you have um and i'm not worried about them hurting me because they are pretty formidable looking and they are yeah. quite large yeah um and absolutely could be formidable if they chose to but they're just such high vibrational beings that they wouldn't bother yeah and that way you know they wouldn't bother with that kind of uh, engagement well I think that, you know, what you're doing and what I'm doing with the shows and what uh, lots of other people are doing with shows and, and talking about this stuff is preparing, <clears throat> is preparing people for their reality. So there are a lot of people online talking about extraterrestrial life forms and what they look like. And, and yet yeah. there are, there's, there's no one with videos with, you know, like prey mantas are sitting on their couches and stuff, you know, man, <laughs> or, or reptilian greys or, that. or <laughs> uh, so there's no yeah there's no film footage at the moment at the moment but there's a lot of people talking about it I had the most amazing dream the other night sticks with me so I'm in some vehicle I'm in like a car and I'm watching a television screen it looked like an old-fashioned television screen and I turn around and there is a, a, a reptilian sort of leaning on the edge of the car like he's in the back seat and I turn oh, around wow. and I'm like oh my god so I'm really really close to him and he is just oh my god I just have this I have this um feeling of his presence I can't explain mm -hmm. it like and so he was up really mm -hmm. close so I could see the scales of his skin and and his massive shoulders and his face and everything and I looked at him and I thought well you're not that scary I'm not scared <laughs> of you and then I was watching this television screen which had this sort of reptilian type and I said what do you think of that and he goes oh that's not real that's fake yeah you're just watching <laughs> someone making something up it was this again right 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 but I turned back and looked at him but and, and it was that 
experience of seeing something for the first time that should be terrifying. Mind you, we right. were sitting down, so I wasn't looking up like this and thinking, oh, you're not scary at all. And, of course, reptilians have been presented as this evil, scary race, like they're the, yes. the devil, many people talk about them. So the dream was all about confronting something that was supposedly scary and it wasn't scary at all. Um, and then my kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing is that, um, you know, just like humans, each one of the species that we encounter, extra dimensional species, there are going to be factions of that race that are potentially up to some, you know, things that we wouldn't agree with. Mm, but then absolutely. there are also going to be members of that society that are very, you know, ready and willing and wanting to connect with other beings in a more loving, accepting way. Um, I believe that there are several, or uh, who knows, millions, maybe, I don't know how many reptilians there are, but um, many of them that are more benevolent, right? It's it's not that every one of them, and I also have a lot of empathy for uh, beings that are in a parasitic type of behavior, because Mari has really schooled me on this, because at first I was more judgmental of some of these beings that were acting in this parasitic way. When I say parasitic, I mean that they look to other beings to generate the energy or to live off the energy of other beings in order to um, meet out their energetic needs, right? Because they at some point lost that ability or they prefer or they took the easy road, right, to get the energy from other beings. And and so that's that sort of when you have an entity on you, I really see that more of as a parasite, right? It's a, it's a being that is kind of feeding off your energy and draining your energy and intercalating its energy with yours for the purposes of its own survival, not to your benefit. And um, so in many ways, when we think of parasites, viruses and parasites and things like that on our planet, I think what we're reflecting is we're reflecting the fear of having those experiences with other extra-dimensional races where we have had our energy co-opted by another and we've lost control of our own field because we weren't in recognition of the fact that we set our own boundaries, that we establish our own energy field, that we're the ones that are um, the managers of that. Nobody else can really co-opt your energy field if you're not somewhere tacitly agreeing to that, right? So there's yeah. something there about that. Um, exactly. And anyway, so when I when I first started encountering these beings or I encounter an entity that was attached to somebody, you know, at first I was like, oh, I gotta get rid of this thing. It's awful, you know, get, delete, delete, right? And Mari would say, no, look, this being needs your empathy. This being has forgotten how to produce its own energy. It is looking to others to do something that should be inherently known to this being. So you need to treat that being with empathy and you need to work with that being as well as the client. You need to shift your energy towards that and tell it like, look, you know, this is not the place for you, but you need to learn. And, you know, she said, so some of the energy we're transmitting to the client is also going to transmit it to that being so that they can come into their own evolutionary cycle again, because they're stuck in a place that they think this is the only way they can survive. That was really eye-opening for me. I thought, wow, that's, I get it. I get it. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's all, it's all, you know, it's all from source. It just, yes. um, like any being, like humans are probably the most 
unbelievable parasitic, you know, presence. Oh my gosh, it's so true. On this yes, earth, we are. right? We we're are very we're much living we on are. a being and sucking and, and taking from her and not realizing that she is a being that, you know, yeah, like, wow, polluting her and taking from her. And I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Paris. So yeah, we need, yeah. So that, that lesson that Mari gave you is, um, Oh, beautiful, you know, because what we judge is ourselves, right? What we judge in another is, um, it's like, look how absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, visions of the future. So, nobody's joined us on up. We've got one person watching, which I don't know who it is, but nobody's asked any questions. Well, that's okay. I should probably link it on my page as well. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Facebook is doing such strange things like. Facebook is an odd place these days. Uh, Facebook is a very, very odd strange. place these days. I'm amazed that there's only one person that's actually seeing this, one person <laughs> out of like 6,000 people, one person seeing this. It's just crazy. Anyway, uh, the future, the future, the future. Uh, did you put it on your page? I did just now, cool. yeah. It wasn't uh, showing up before, but now it's showing up. I don't even know. I don't even know how to see who's watching. <clears throat> um, if you're watching, say hi. <laughs> Ask a question. Yeah, what a, <laughs> so the future I see is a more telepathic society where we're moving mm. into energy exchange as a way of communicating rather than uh, verbal, which is how I communicate, which is what I do now. You know, like that's and just talking about if you went to the past 200 years ago and talked about what you, how you think that it would seem crazy. So it's the same with people from the future that are in our now. So they're yes. talking about, uh, they're talking about empathy. Like so many of the younger generation are talking about empathy. They can feel people's energy and um, which they're sort of playing victims to a lot of them, which you don't need to. They're just not taught how to flow their energy in a way that they can, incorporate their empathy and um and telepathic communication and communicating uh, energetically rather than verbally yeah i think i told you before i've had a client that brought a child to me it was a few years ago now he's a teenager now he was nine and he hadn't spoken he'd never spoken and she'd been trying to make him speak for eight years <laughs> and i'm like mm -hmm. this child was never meant to speak he's teaching you how to communicate in another way just like you would communicate with your baby before it learns to speak, you're still communicating mm -hmm. with your baby. And then once a child learns to speak, you stop communicating energetically with your baby or empathically or psychically or telepathically, and you start communicating verbally. Mm. So, yeah. And, and our ability to heal with our mind is something because I do it all the time, Jaylee. <laughs> I've broken bones. I've seen cuts heal instantly. Mm -hmm. Like I've had things going wrong with my liver and I've gone in and had a look and thought, oh, we need to change that. Like that's what you're doing with clients too. I'm doing it with myself and clients and knowing that we have these abilities instead of racing off to a doctor. And um, right. yeah. Yeah. My husband was just saying, oh, um, I think our insurance is changing. And I said, I don't care. I never go to the doctor. <laughs> Why would I go to the doctor? <laughs> what is the doctor going to tell me? <laughs> I know. That's something where I feel like I'm in a prehistoric time. When I look at our health, our sick care system, to me, yes. it's just it's just crazy. It's just it crazy. And trying to communicate that there's a better way to people who are not inside uh, inside the, you know, what we're inside of. Like I had a friend mm -hmm. who's just diagnosed with cancer 
And to me, it's like, oh, that's nothing. You can just clear that up in a minute. You know, it's no Mm -hmm. drama. It's no chemotherapy. I'm going to die. The doctor's like, yeah, you're going to die. And it's inoperable. And so we're going to give you a course of radiation and chemotherapy. And so to her, it's a death sentence. And then if she takes that course of action before her death sentence, it's just a lot of illness, you know, like a lot of ill. It's just torture before yes. you die. And it's a I'm lot think- of suffering. A lot of suffering, yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking, you don't have to do that. You totally don't have to no. do that. But trying to communicate that to her, yeah, she doesn't see it. She does not see that. And so that's the frustration. Well, a lot of fear comes up when you get of- that diagnosis. Yeah. That you, even if you prior to that wanted to believe that all of that healing was possible, once you get the diagnosis, you think, oh, you know, I, I better I better go that path that I've been taught my whole life is the path that one must take in order to heal. It's exactly. so ingrained in our culture and it's so ingrained in our um, own you know psyche because of exactly where, how we've all grown up in this era. Um, exactly, exactly, and- exactly. And I'm hoping that what we're going through currently with our you know pandemic situation is going to break down that psyche. Because um, mm-hmm. the way it's been managed is just exposing the uh, cracks in the system and the corruption yes. in the system. So yes. hopefully it's eye-opening to people that have put so much faith in a system that uh, is more about making money than it is about making health. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, it's uh, definitely more about making money than making health, unfortunately. Yeah, that's all got to change. And the also the thing that the worst part about it for me too is that the um, even the media and everybody they're not talking about what can everybody do right now to be healthy in general. Look, these are the things you need to do all of the time. You need to support your bodies energetically. This month in my Light Vibes community, I'm talking all about how to support your mitochondria and how to create metabolic flexibility in your body because those two things are so important right now for any flu season that you might go through, right? And whether or not you believe that there is a virus or not a virus, it doesn't matter because wherever you are in your health or your immune system, however your immune system is responding to its environment is really going to dictate whether or not you become ill with something or not. It's all about that immune system's interaction with that environment and i think that it's such a shame that there isn't more outlets of information trying to help people understand that there's things you can do to fortify your body to protect you so that you don't have to run around in fear all the time fear has got to be one of the worst things you can do to your microbiome and your immune system and your nervous system right all of those stress hormones and all of the you know the down regulation of all that that happens with that stress so Ugh, it's just that's a really frustrating thing that's happening right now absolutely not only is the media not talking about how to look after yourself in any right. way shape or form it's actually doing the opposite I, I saw on is it youtube i think it was youtube uh, a youtube person who works for youtube had put out a video that went to every youtube user think about that how many of that talking mm-hmm. about their wow. new policies and their justification for their censorship. And she said, you know, we don't want people getting on YouTube and saying, oh, you can take vitamin C and that's going to improve your health. Oh, why? So radical. My God. I was <laughs> right? like, are you serious? 
<laughs> are you serious? Like There's that was so much censorship going on ever <gasps> since this started. Yeah, it's... we don't want people talking like that and people thinking that that vitamin C could help them. You know, like right. well, that's dangerous. Like that's that's what she said. So that went out to Ooh, every YouTube right. content manager con- per person with a YouTube uh, channel. I like I know. So we're in a very odd time, but it's because we're up in this, you know, all of our foundations are being reworked right now, as you know. And and so in order for those foundations to come apart, I'm preaching the choir telling you this, I know. But and for all for all of them to come apart, they have to be shown to be how ridiculous they really are. Yeah. <laughs> how ridiculous is that to tell people that it's dangerous to tell people to take vitamin, vitamin C, C, right? How about instead of, you know, getting so stressed out and worrying and being in fear and looking at people like they're going to kill you, you know, you go down to your health food store and you get your vitamin D, your vitamin C, you get all the things that support your body energetically, support your immune system. You work with plants and herbs to fortify your system if you're feeling like you're down regulating for some reason. And uh, it just, it could be so much easier. It could be so much less death and it's happening right now it's just yeah. um yeah so this is how we um, roll this is how we roll <laughs> so i'm just thinking well, I'm, I'm i'm doing what i said that not to do i'm talking about what is instead of talking about the future oh this is true <laughs> right, right, right. but so, along that line i think it's all gonna you know it's all gonna shift because of the way that it's all being so much of it's being exposed there are a lot of people that aren't ready to see it yet but for the people that are, all you can do right now, I think is like you said, just focus on what it is that you wanna see, focus on that world because it's coming and there is going to be some kind of, in this I haven't quite, uh, you can comment on this from your perspective, I haven't quite seen how it's all gonna lay out with the schism between the people that are sort of manifesting and creating what they wanna see versus the people that are really stuck in the fear and getting vibrationally left behind like the energy is going to be moving slower for them it's going to be moving very rapidly for the people that are really stepping into um that awareness of what it is they want to create and connecting to that vibrationally um so what do you see there with that schism with all with all of creation there are probable you know there are probable timelines probable futures that you align with so uh, when we think about creating uh, a future world, it, mm-hmm. it is the it's the fu- like a psychic can see your future based on the vibratory alignment that you're in in that now, and then they mm-hmm. follow that energy stream. And it's like I remember working with Pam when I first went on radio, who is a mainstream psychic who sort of talks to dead people and tells your future, which is not something I've ever done. I can do that, but it's not really the work I do. Yeah. Uh, and she and she, there was a guy who rang in and he was all upset about everything. And and then after she hung up the phone, she said, oh, he's going to lose his house. He's going to lose his job. He's got he's got all this drama in his future. But she said, I didn't tell him that because I didn't want to kind of upset him. And I said, OK, if that's what you saw, why didn't you talk to him about changing his vibration in the now, yeah, the worry, absolutely. the worry, yeah, right. because that pro- that future is not set in stone. That's just a probable future that his worry was bringing him down that path. Right, aligning him too. Aligning right? him too, thank you, yeah. And she didn't understand the way that energy worked at that time. You know, she, she was very good at what she did. So that's the thing. I was sort of someone that would talk about energy alignment and she was someone that would talk about psychic ability. She would give people readings. 
And, um, you know, if he changed his vibratory stance and started visualizing, like, why was it good that what was happening and being more appreciative, then there would be a different. So maybe he would have lost his house and lost his um, job, but there would have been a better house or a better job. Right there and so the loss of the job in the house could have been a a great thing instead of a terrible thing but the worry of losing the job and losing the house and then worrying about money could throw him into a whole world of chaos and everything going wrong him in that fear vibration exactly exactly so so probable futures it depends on every single individual on this planet is creating their own universe based on what they think and believe and mm-hmm. what they're aligning with. We have collective alignment, but we also have individual alignment. So those who are stuck in an old way of thinking and being will just create a future that they're aligned with. And those that are not will create a future that they're aligned. So that's why doing this today with you and talking about, you know, creating a future you want and aligning with that. How does it feel? Like you said, I want to live in a world where there's more, what did you say? There was more freedom and honesty and, and yeah. And connection to nature connection and to honoring nature, of nature. Honoring. Yeah. That's a big one for me because I spend so much time in the earth and working with the microbes and the, uh, the mantis and, and earth herself. And I just feel like uh, it's something that is part of human 2.0 is that we're going to come into a much closer relationship there. Yeah. So yeah, that's, and, and I, I, I am embodying that now by my own right. relationship with nature and then exactly. serving as an example for others. And that's, I'm, you know, I've thought, what can I do? How can I do more? How can I wake people up? And I realized that I'm just going to keep on keeping on and doing my thing and connecting in the way that I'm connecting and sharing that with others who, you know, I come across in my field and doing my best to share that knowledge. And that's, that is my, um, that's part of my purpose, right? That's this relationship I have with the mantis and this way that I'm expressing it. That's all part of our purpose. And part of my purpose. And I, and I know that for each of us, we have our own, like you say, mob, we have our own, um, <laughs> we have our own connections. We have what is near and dear to us. We have our own role to play in the evolution of human collective consciousness and earth's collective consciousness as well. So what we can do in the now is that when we do envisage a future that we want is feel like we're already living it. So you just said that, right, right that you're doing it now. And I think that if we, if we want a, a, um, a future where we're more connected to the earth, speak to her, you know, speak to Gaia. Absolutely. What, do you, what do you want from me? How can I serve you better? Tell me and like speak to her like part of your mob, part of your psyche and mm-hmm. speak to the ETs. If you want a, a future where you're in more communication with ETs, speak to them and have conversations with them now. And, and rather than, oh, I don't know how to do that, what if you did know how to do that what what does that feel like like mm-hmm. when you dream of something how does it feel to have that dream so when you think about having psychic ability that you don't perceive that you have now maybe it feels like I feel more connected I feel more empowered I feel more of myself because I really believe that we're well of course we are because it's not even a belief I know but I mean obviously when we're not human we're all communicating through energy through mind through telepathy so it is actually more coming into a um, feeling like you're being more of who you are rather Mm -hmm. than this personality flesh suit and the protocols that go with being in a physical body so um, just yeah evoking and the feelings 
of what that feels like to be more connected to nature, to be in a friendlier world, to know that everything's happening for you instead of to you, to see everything work out. Like if you're looking out into the political system or the pandemic and like, what do you want to see? You want to see um, maybe big companies that are ravaging the earth and, and just making a lot of money. I don't know come into alignment with working with the earth instead of uh, against her. Yeah, there's so many things that we can do to create a new future. But I think the main component is feeling it like we're living it now. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I live in a big city. I have hardly any garden, but the little garden I have, I so worship all my pots. (laughs) (laughs) My dream is to have a vegetable garden. And obviously I've got no land to have a vegetable garden. I've got the medium strip outside, which I've often thought about planting vegetables on. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'll get that one. But I just bought a whole lot of pots the other day and, and planted a whole lot of um, uh, lettuces. Uh, you know, I eat a lot of greens. So I thought, hmm, what do I eat the most? And I just planted a whole lot of lettuces and I go out and talk to them on this in this big pot. Mm, I How love that. Babies? So um, just envisaging, I've been envisaging a future a lot lately and that's like, like, like you say, Jaylene, being with the land, like I keep thinking, mm-hmm. I need a, I need a place in the country. I want to go to live in a place in the country. I keep thinking about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, as I dream about living in the country, I'm going to enjoy what is possible in the country while I'm in the city, which is planting yes. vegetables and I don't know, being with nature and yeah, all that stuff that we dream about. Um, do it as if you're living Absolutely. it now. Yeah. Oh, and I love the idea of growing your own food. And I love that I do a lot of that myself um, for my family. And um, just the joy you get when you grow your own food and you feel like you're taking back some of your power that way as well, to not always be reliant on, um, you know, getting your produce from someplace else. Uh, because it's, it is so empowering to grow something, especially if you grow it from a seed and you germinate it and it gets bigger and, you know, they're like your little babies. I, we put in a greenhouse yeah. this year and I'm growing a lot of things from seed now. And I've got these cucumbers and I'm so excited to have cucumbers in the winter because I have a greenhouse now and I just put them in and they're getting bigger. And right before we started, I went out there to check on them and give them a little water and a little love and talk to them. I talked to all my plants also and just share my energy with them and say okay I'll be back later I'm gonna go do something now and I just talk to them constantly because they're living breathing beings right they're respirating through their leaves and um, they're very similar to us in that way and actually one really just little side note I've been studying mitochondria lately and a really cool thing about mitochondria are that they were these uh, independent organelles at one point, um, excuse me, independent bacteria that became internal organelles within the cells, within the cytoplasm of the cells. And they are are generating um, energy generating powerhouses in the cells. And there's like a quadrillion of them in your body. Um, And they produce ATP. So it turns out, though, that these mitochondria are very similar to the chlorophyll in plants in that they can also basically photosynthesize in the human. So when the mitochondria have the micronutrients they need to run the electron transport chain and produce ATP energy, if you go out in the sunlight when they have that food, they basically, similar to photosynthesis, they produce more energy. 
and it's a fascinating thing. So humans are actually photosynthesizing similar to plants. Yeah. What, what does ATP stand for? Um, adenosine triphosphate. So it's the molecule that is the energy that's shuttled around the body and in you know you need more of it in brain cells and muscle cells and heart cells less of it in some of your other cells but that's what we can't live without when you have chronic fatigue you're probably very likely having low mitochondrial output of atp because without that energy your muscles can't fire in fact your muscles can't even relax without atp because in order for your muscles to relax and go slack it actually takes energy which is kind of a interesting concept but um to fire and then to relax they need energy so for you to even relax and sleep at night requires energy everything wow. requires energy in the body um i just think it's so neat though that we know we're not that different from plants like we evolved from these very simple organisms we all evolved from the same you know cyanobacteria the same cosmic soup that came from asteroids and came to this planet so we have a lot in common with them and that's why we need, like you said, we need to talk to them and we need to care for yeah. them. We need to get in communication with them again and start learning how plants really have everything we need to heal and to yeah. thrive here. Yeah. Um, you know, in the last conversation I had uh, in our little group with um, Zoe Pennant, she was talking about um, oneness. And she says mm -hmm. that we talk about being one with each other or one with God or, you know, we talk about a lot, but we don't think about, talk about being one with the elements or one with the microbiome or one with, you know, right. fire, wind and earth and gravity. And, and she was um, in our group, we were talking about slugs. She said that when her guides um, came to her and started teaching her, they were teaching her about all her fears. And so she had fear of mice. And so uh -huh. he, the guides would say to the, to her, okay, we're going to bring some mice into your into your world so that you can feel one with the mouse and not have that fear and and we're all talking about fear of spiders and fear of slugs and fear of snakes you should live in australia we're surrounded by bugs yeah you're surrounded by things that can kill you there actually <laughs> um not so much things that can kill but just a lot of bugs like my house is full of spiders little daddy long legs and oh sure um, yeah we have a lot of those here too lots yeah. of cockroaches lots of ants lots of lots of bugs and mm -hmm. that we're one with that too like just just forming a relationship with all those things that like we're one with everything there's nothing that we're not yeah. one with and right. uh feeling that oneness um but what were you gonna say oh you were saying something before that oh i forgot now and i was gonna um yeah, so I guess that you know the future is having that having that knowing that we are that oneness. I think that um, I think so, yeah. and, and and respecting and honoring other life forms other than you know humans are not at the top at the apex of the <laughs> the food chain. We are. It's not like that. It's more of like a intermeshed, interdependent system. It's not that you know there's this apex. It's it's all flowing you know, back and forth and back and forth. We need each other. There's no species that doesn't need another species in some way. We're all dependent on each other. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's what I was going to say. You know, you worked with Ethan, who um, mm -hmm. has Awaken Empowerment Expo. Mm -hmm. He, because we were talking about that too, one of my um, tribe, um, you know, on like session, as she has developed her connection to her mob and, you know, she's been channeling more this year, she said that eating has become, 
you know, like she just, she doesn't even feel like she needs to eat every day. Oh, right. And her family are worried. You need to eat, you need to eat. And she's feeling, and just that ATP and that photosynthesis that oh, we are yeah. talking about. And she exactly. said, you know, I feel like I've got more energy and the more energy I've got, the less I feel like eating. And I, I remember mm-hmm. Ethan was talking about, he tried being a, a breath in for a while and just not uh-huh. eating anything. And um something I haven't uh, managed. I just love food as a ritual and as something just to break up the day. I can't imagine not eating. (laughs) Yeah, I love food also. I love the connection that food brings me to. I I love cooking. I love creating. Um, But I definitely looked into breatharianism, not so much for me to practice it, but as um, a concept and an idea that human beings can survive just on energy. And right now we're surviving on very dense energy when we're eating um, food and certainly when we're eating animals, right? That's the the denser because it's the meat. Um, But I could see absolutely how that could work if you were very focused on it and you were very Um, in tune and alignment with the energy that is flowing through all matter and all life that you could absolutely or work with the sun and get the sun's energy. Um, I know that for a while I um, got up every morning and watched the sunset every night. I was doing a lot of sun gazing Mm -hmm. and sun gazing really powers you up. I think it really is like a a battery cell. It really gives you a lot of energy. Okay. So when you sun gaze, do you look directly at the sun and for how long? Yeah, so it's the kind of thing that you can build up. And a lot of people um, would say that's insane. Because if you do that, you're going to burn out your retinas. Right. Um, I did not suffer any ill effects. Um, Everyone has to come to their own conclusions about that and know their own body. But I would do it right as the sun was coming up. So I'd get to a fairly high place so that I could really see the sun coming up you know, not being low um, in a valley where the sun's already pretty high up on the horizon and you're getting it up over a mountain, but because the angle matters. So the angle, I believe is like 30% or lower to the earth, the angle of the sun to the earth, so that you're getting it when it's really not shining, you know, directly right above. It's it's askance. It's askance to the earth so that you're not getting a hit on your gentle little eyes that might damage them. And then I started out with, you know, just looking for 15 seconds and then 30 seconds and you build up every day and you increase the time, increase the time. What I noticed for me is that because um, it helps to open up and balance the pineal gland and the pineal is the master endocrine controller that my hormones balanced out while I was doing it, I was less hungry. Um, the only thing because the pineal is where we secrete melatonin and that's where we generally the mechanism for us for sleeping right which is an inverse relationship to cortisol course cortisol and um, uh, norepinephrine get you up in the morning and then the melatonin helps to bring you down into a peaceful sleep Um, what I noticed is that uh, I barely slept and that's okay but at first I thought Oh, this is kind of weird. It was almost like I was having a Kundalini experience because I was barely sleeping and I had tons of energy. Right. So I thought this is really cool. And if I, I think at the time, because my kids were littler, I was thinking like, I just, I had a little fear about, you know, getting very tired in the middle of the day or having all these things that I had to do, drive a car all over the place and take my kids around. I thought, "Mm, yeah, I I just gonna, you know, 
take it back a step or two because I didn't really want to go down that road. But I had this idea that at some point I'll just do that daily. Um, and for me, I can't see it at my house come up. So I have to drive somewhere to go so see it. So is it only uh, sun coming up or can you do it on sun going down? You can do it on sun going down as well. Right. It's right. The energy feels different, but each one is It does feel different, doesn't it? I think in general, it's incredibly good and nurturing. It balances your hormones. It opens up your pineal. It helps to balance your energy systems. I think it increases your intuitive abilities. It's pretty phenomenal. So when you're doing it at sunset, then you would start watching the sun when it's, you know, within five or 10 minutes of going down into the horizon to start with. And then you can extend that period. The guy that uh, brought it to the States from India, he was, um, and probably worldwide, um, he uh, was up to about a couple hours or several hours that he would be um, staring at the sun. And, you know, that's pretty controversial because I don't know, who knows, he could have had, but it, I, I know that he wasn't eating and he was barely sleeping. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how your mind kicked in and went, oh, if I'm not sleeping, know, I'm going to exactly. be. exactly. That's just, you know, I, I, I had someone staying. I had someone staying the other day and every morning I woke up, she just had this habit of saying, how did you sleep? It's like she said that every morning. Uh -huh. And I, I said to her in the first few days, oh, look, I sleep well. I never have any problem sleeping. I'm, I'm, I'm a good sleeper. I, meaning don't ask me that every morning, please. Right, exactly. Anyway, she asked me every morning. Morning. And one morning I said, I actually didn't sleep at all. I slept like two hours. I just couldn't sleep. And she said, oh, were you thinking a lot? Were you worried about something? I said, no, I, I just, I don't know. I got up and yeah. I watched some terrible midnight television, you know, till four o'clock in the morning. And that put me to sleep some old reruns of Cheers or something like that, you know. And, yeah. um, and then I got up like two hours later and she said, are you going to be really tired today? And I was like, not tired at all. And I went to bed yeah. at the same time. And I just didn't have any ramifications of not sleeping in my tiredness, which is something I think that we, it's its like we're entrenched in that idea that yes. if we don't get eight hours yes. sleep, we're going to be tired. And it's something yeah. we tell ourselves. But many um, gurus or very, or spiritual people or people that are connected and don't sleep. I remember. No, they barely die. sleep. Yeah. yeah you I really do yeah. get out of that whole paradigm. Did you ever read um, the books by Jane Roberts, the Seth books? I, one of my first books. Absolutely. Do you remember how he talked about how human beings are completely erroneous and how they think they need to sleep all the time and that we yeah. spend way too much time in bed? That was the first time I read something about that, con challenging that concept. And I thought, God, that is so true. What a waste of time time we spend so much time sleeping when we could be engaging and learning or even just you know meditating or just chilling out whatever but I we know. just are so ingrained in thinking we've got to sleep all night you know it's talking about so for people who are just tuning into this is a couple of people just tuned in we're talking about a future time and I've often you know what how, how does life look in the future whether it's 200 years or a thousand years or a couple of you know a couple of decades I've often thought about that need to eat less like our yes. planet currently we spend I would say a third of our lives well we spend almost half of our lives maybe a third of our life sleeping and another third 
doing food, either food yes. in thinking about what to eat and then having to go somewhere and buy the stuff and then bringing it home and then cooking the stuff and then eating the stuff. I mean, the whole food. So think about how much time would be freed up if food wasn't a part of our life. That's like there would be so, so much true. time. And then what would you do with that time if you weren't thinking about eating, what to eat, going to the food store, even if you're going to takeaway, even if you don't cook, you still got to drive somewhere and buy it. I suppose right. a lot of people use, oh, you know, so much those. freedom in the idea of not having to deal with food anymore. I mean, on the one <laughs> hand, we love it. But on the other hand, we love it partially because we're craving food, right? And if you get off of that hamster wheel of having to have it, having to have it, it's just, I think it's very, very liberating. The idea is very liberating. And the same with sleep. Imagine, I suppose there are, yeah, like many ET races don't eat, don't sleep. Uh, so they just no, have all this don't. time. What do you do with your time? I don't know. What do you do with the time if you're not sleeping and eating? Anyway, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something really cool. Probably we'd probably all be uh, a lot more creative. We'd have, yeah. I don't know, I'd take a painting maybe or. <laughs> something else and then a lot of people spend the majority of their time at a job that they don't want to do so if you mm. don't so if money food and sleep weren't a part of our society imagine all wow. this free time yeah all i think that we're untapped potential all that untapped potential we're so imprisoned in our current paradigm that we can't even imagine that amount of freedom and when and i've known people who, who have that amount of freedom they don't need to work obviously they still sleep and eat but what mm -hmm. they do with their lives, I've, you know, I've had a lot of rich friends, seen them not need to work because they've had inheritances and stuff like that. And they don't do a hell of a lot with their lives. In fact, they no. struggle to come up with something yeah. to do with their life if they don't need to work to earn money. They struggle um, to, to just yeah, get that creative. Purpose. So uh -huh. I think that our creativity needs to exponentially expand um, in thinking about ways in which we can spend our time if we're not doing things like the have to's the have to's are the well, sleeping and the eating and the going to work yes because you know your body expends so much energy on metabolizing your food it's yeah. the biggest energy expenditure that your body involves is involved in is is metabolizing all that food you're eating this is why by the way it's terrible to eat right before you go to bed because you're actually causing all this surplus energy in your body that your body can't use and then it becomes free radicals so just a little side note there don't eat before bed eat three hours before you go to sleep but what if our body wasn't expending all that energy on processing fuel and food and what if instead it was sending that energy to our brain and to our heart to expand and open and bring us into new states of awareness opening up expanding the pineal helping our brain create new neuroplasticity tracks, new ways of thinking, new ways of communicating and connecting with each other. I think that that's really the untapped potential of the potential. human is to not be so distracted by these sort of mundane activities that we're involved in. Probably why we're so tired is probably because we're eating too much, right? And we're expending energy in a way that isn't that efficient. Um, and instead, if we were um, fueling our bodies with light and with energy, think of what we could accomplish and how much expansion in the brain. So that group that you mentioned that I connect with, the Divinians, Divinians. they're a group that showed me, they're no longer embodied, but they showed me what they look like when they were embodied. And they had these very large heads. And I, um, I asked what the relevance was of that shape 
the hat that they had and they said the um what we want you to know is that as we went through our evolutionary cycle we came to understand that the brain of any organism should continue to evolve and expand and create new neuroplastic connections and continually grow continually expand larger continually evolve and that humans have this whole idea that you kind of go up this you know this mountain and then you come back down on the other side you start to lose cognitive ability and cognitive function and they said that's not accurate at all you should all be living to be 200 but you are trapped in this belief system that your cognitive decline happens you know in your 60s and 70s exactly. and truly you should be expanding the brain continually and that's partly belief and it's partly diet and it's partly the way we digest energy and the way that we live um, there's a lot of things that go into creating the way that we've all been sort of damped down. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, yeah. That's I, part I, of our future too, is recognizing I, I, yeah. that we're going to continue to expand our brains expand. the way. And I think that that has definitely happened to me as I've got older. There are things that I have, my agility, my mental agility is so much better now than it was when I was younger. Uh, because yeah. I've expanded my psychic abilities and I've done things that have made, like I just am a multitasking demon. And um, yeah, just uh, Brittany says here, so funny, haha, so true. I've always said parenting would be so much easier if we didn't have to feed them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. <laughs> Talking, point, about, talking about the food thing but I've had this conversation with aging that's something about the future that I'm looking forward to I don't know it's I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime my guides are just saying it will if I want it to okay um, I just have to change my idea about it I've had this conversation yeah. with them about aging because I'm aging and um, so in a future time you know age becomes less of a um, component of what it is to be physical or human and um, just like you said, aging becomes more of an expansion rather than, yeah, getting old and, and decaying. Contraction, contraction. Right. It's definitely a contraction now in our world. Um, yeah. And I've but said to be- them, I don't want to, I don't want to be an old person. I don't want to be like 80 and old and yeah, decrepit. It's just not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up for it. And they said, okay, all right, well, we'll review, we'll review that, you know, when you get older. <laughs> we'll review that statement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I think I want to be like in my seventies and then that'll be enough for me. And they go, okay, well, we'll review that then. I like, but you know, I don't really want to see, I don't want to be like the people that I see. And they said, well, you don't have to be, it's, it's up to you what you want to create yeah, and and the possibility that you want to live into. So at 70 or at 80, you could be younger than you are right now. And, um, and the vanity in me goes, well, I look younger. And they said, no, (laughs) no, And, and by the way, let go of that, let go of that whole thing about the looking, you know, that's hard for all of us to let yeah. go of admittedly. Wow. Yeah. It's hard to let go of that one. Cause we're always yeah. judging each other yeah. based yeah. on that because we have this whole idea that being old is bad and that needs to be flipped on its head. There's so many institutional ideas that need to be flipped on their head. You know, being as old is bad because you can't push the plow in the farm or whatever. You know what I mean? It's So we have these ideas that are just so entrenched in our thinking and our psyches. Yeah. Um, but that one's really got to go because old age should be the celebrated time when we absolutely oh we're expanding and we know stuff right i should say we've remembered stuff that we forgot the last time we came you know somebody that was like that was barbara marx hubbard did you know barbara marx hubbard 
she was um she's a visionary she was amazing she left the she left her body a couple of years ago or a year okay. or so ago I no I didn't know. I wasn't familiar but, with her uh, she was in her 90s and she was really amazing I, I swear she was I think think she was going I think she thought she was going to live way into her uh hundreds as well um mm-hmm. she kept talking about not aging but getting newer and and she, her mental agility was amazing she was just amazing but she did she just she did check out and it was quite surprising because yeah it was quite surprising but um maybe she wanted to come back and do she wanted to hit the reset button yeah the reset button but uh, we've been yakking for about an hour and a, and a bit so i think we should yes. probably wrap this up so for yep, people yep. listening to this we didn't have meant too many people on facebook watching i was about yeah about half a dozen listening now uh think about what you want in a future time think about the world that you want and what that feels like what that looks like who you're talking to the connection with the elements how we can command the elements i remember once years ago i was doing a healing uh on someone it was when i used to work as an energy healer like sort of channeling energy into people and uh, it was pouring outside and i walked outside to um say goodbye to my client i was living in a tiny little house in the city and I looked up to the sky and above my house was this perfect ring of sunlight coming down onto the house and it was not raining mm. on my house. And I was like, am I actually seeing this? And it had something to do with the energy I was evoking during the healing. But uh, so that was an unconscious thing, but it just made me think that we can actually speak to the elements to the point where um, if you're going to rain, please don't rain on my house. <laughs> If you're going to rain, rain over there or just, you know, like just have that communication and that relationship with weather, with everything, with fire. Absolutely. If you're going to burn the forest, you know, just burn what you need to burn and um, and maybe just leave my house alone and, or, you know, like, yeah, there's just infinite possibilities to our opening to communicating with all of life and being in relationship and communion with it and, um uh, it's an exciting future, really, isn't it? It is exciting. And everybody should be pretty excited about what's unfolding in the next several weeks with the eclipses and how we can bring about in a really kind of an immediate way, not even thinking 100 years from now, but really 2021. Let's bring in some really fun amazing, exciting, expansive experiences for ourselves and really tap into that and bring that to the now so that our vibration matches it so that when the time comes right to step through that portal, we're like, yeah, I'm going, I got it. I am already vibrating in the way that I need to. Just give us those dates again, the eclipses. Are they they only Northern Hemisphere or are they Southern and Normous Hemisphere? No, actually Northern and Southern. In fact, the... um, the solar eclipse that's occurring on December 14th is a Southern Hemisphere. Um, It won't be visible in the Northern Northern Hemisphere. hemisphere. It'll only be, I think uh, South America is the place that's going to get the best view of that, um, which makes complete sense to me because I really see the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere flipping in that, I mean, that most of the dominance of this planet has been from the Northern Hemisphere. And I think that's going to shift into the Southern Hemisphere, little side note. but the two dates are November 30th. There's a um, penumbral lunar eclipse, meaning it just looks like a shadow on the moon. And then on the 14th of December, there's the solar, the last solar eclipse of our um, year. And that's marking the 
bookending the eclipses that we've had this year. We had a number of eclipses more than usual this year. And the one that started it off in January to this super special 2020 is coming to completion on December 14th, which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> okay, so that would be, um, so the 30th, is it your 30th, November 30th, which would be our after? November 30th. So yeah, it's the our... 29th and the 30th, 29th to the 30th. So that is your 30th to, to the 1st. So yeah. it's December and then the yeah. 14th to the 15th, it would be for us. Yes. For yeah. 14th to the 15th of December. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Wow. Wow. We'll see. Wait and see what happens. I don't know. Um, It'll uh, be interesting no matter what. It'll be interesting no matter what. <laughs> but what happens personally to us is how we flow our energy and uh, what we're focused on. Absolutely. So it's if you all are about gonna, vibration. If you are going to focus on the craziness that's happening in our world, just enjoy it like you would enjoy a great sitcom on television. That's what I'm doing. Like, I think it's a fabulous show, watching the politicians yeah. argue between each other. I'm always going and seeing what Trump's tweeting because I just think it's hilarious. Because whether, whether I love him or hate him, it doesn't matter. He's just someone that's on the world stage paying his part, mm. as Biden is on the world stage, paying his part as, um, as Fauci is, as all of them are, you know, as the people arguing with each other. It's just I just think it's the best show in the universe at the moment and I'm just sitting back with my popcorn and watching. <laughs> Spoken like somebody that does not live in the middle of the show. <laughs> no, we live in the middle of the show. Uh, people have been saying that Australia's had some of the worst lockdowns, not here in Sydney, I have to say, but definitely in mm. places of Australia. We have um, we've had some of the worst lockdowns. People have been, you know, like imprisoned in their home for the last few months. I did see that there's more lockdowns coming in the states I don't yes know. yeah it's, happening. it's um, happening but you know whether we're locked down or not locked down we can still enjoy this now moment and just enjoy the environment we're in absolutely like me and absolutely. my little pot plants <laughs> oh, they have some interesting energy absolutely <laughs> thanks darling one for being on the show oh, thank you karen always so fun to talk to you i love it it's great to spend time Such with a you great conversation the future i could talk about the future all day i uh, no. love it it's fun See you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.